to the RN to Writer Show, where nurses learn how to become freelance writers. I'm your host, Elizabeth Haynes, RN. If you'd like more tips on how to launch and grow a freelance writing business, be sure to visit our website, rn2writer.com. And hey, you can catch this show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Today, we are welcoming Sarah Steenson. She is an MSRN with a bachelor's degree also. She is a freelance nursing journalist, a full-time registered nurse, and CEO of Sarah's Pen RN. I love that. She's currently working for a medical surgical oncology unit based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Although she was born and raised in Queens, New York, she found her way out to Arizona when she attended the University of Arizona. Very good school. For both my bachelor's degree and then her master's degree in nursing, and then she never left. Sarah strives to connect with her readers by meeting them at their level of knowledge. That's an excellent strategy. She has a vision to increase health literacy by closing the gap between healthcare publishers and their clients. She knows where the knowledge deficits lie because she has seen them firsthand. Indeed, all of us RNs, that's one of the things we bring to the table. Sarah can provide clients with an op-ed, a blog, a newsletter, an information packet, or a consumer health article. And she's not just a writer. She loves reading the healthcare journalism content as much as she enjoys writing it. Sorry. When she is not at the hospital or writing, you can find her searching the city for the best coffee flights on a college friend's balcony with a margarita or with her significant other, Sean. I love that. Well, welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Beth. I'm really happy to be here. Today, what we're working on in this mini coaching is we're going to critique Sarah's query letter, which I have in front of me. She has a dynamite, dynamite idea for an article, and she's been trying to sell it but she's not having a lot of luck. For our, for our listeners and our audience who are not familiar with what a query letter or a pitch letter is, I will just explain that as a health journalist, the way you get your work published in the freelance world is you pitch article ideas to editors at your chosen publications that you want to target. And then the editor will either buy your article idea and give you an assignment to write it, or they may massage it some, uh, tweak it and assign you an article based on that. Or they'll get back to you and say, not right for us. That's not a bad thing either, because that allows a person to move right on and pitch it somewhere else. So when you do get a rejection on an article query, don't tell yourself that's a terrible idea. It's not that it's a terrible idea. It's just that it wasn't right for that editor. Okay. So let me share the screen so that we can, well, that's not what I wanted to do. So that we can see this. All right. Let me get my screen arranged here. 
Now, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'm going to read this, read Sarah's query letter aloud. It's very good, by the way, Sarah. Thank you so much. I, I have some feedback for you that I think is going to let you sell it, but this is very good. I want the audience to know that. I tried to kind of put it in like the paragraph format that you suggested in, in your coaching courses. And I think it, it came out pretty well, but I'm sure I feel the same way as a lot of other young writers is that it's just kind of hard to get your foot in the door and it's hard to get, you know, that initial notice, you know, from, you know, editors and journalists and just trying to like stand out a little bit. So I really do appreciate you going through my query with me. Absolutely. So here we go. Here's what it says. Dear editor, and so obviously you would want to personalize that, but I know we, we, for the audience's benefit, we took out sensitive information here. So it's no secret that women have put off their normal preventative medicine screenings due to COVID-19, and we have only begun to scratch the surface of the consequences. Every day I see the aftermath of putting off pap smears, mammograms, lab work, sexually transmitted infections tests, and heart disease screenings. Overall, an estimated 40% of American adults avoided seeking medical care due to concerns about the pandemic. Nearly 32% of those were people who avoided their yearly, their, sorry, their routine yearly care altogether. Although it is important to note that these decisions will have life-altering impacts down the road, your publication, which we redacted the name of, has the platform to educate women readers about what preventative care they will need to obtain in spite of COVID-19 restrictions. <clears throat> I propose to write a 500 to 1,000 word article for X titled, COVID Having You Put Off Your Pap? Don't. Here's Why. I plan to detail why preventive medicine remains more important than ever. I will connect the dots and engage the reader with the physical and emotional impacts of this topic. I can deliver this article two weeks from the assignment date and will include a head and a deck. I plan for the article to be featured in the print magazine within the health section. I am a healthcare reporter based out of Phoenix, Arizona, as well as a full-time registered nurse. I am passionate about blending medicine and whole person care. I can bring you both a knowledgeable voice and background, firsthand experience in this field as a full-time registered nurse and freelance medical journalist. I would love to write this important and timely story for X, and I believe it will confer great value to your readers. I'll look forward to receiving an assignment letter. I can be reached by email at your email address or by phone, which I redacted because we're going to broadcast this all over the web and you don't need any creepers on you. Sincerely, Sarah Steenson, MSN, RNBS. This is the right, right. creepers to reach out to me. <laughs> Let me take a sip. Okay. Like I said, overall, this is very strong, Sarah. Um, Thank you. I think that um, I, I love, let's just start from the beginning. I love the way you get into this in the beginning. You, you announce your topic. This is going to be about not putting off preventive screenings due to COVID restrictions. And then you 
give a bunch of statistics, which editors always love numbers, like when you can back that up. I think that it would be stronger to start this with the hook you would use for your article. So it's a weird thing. Like instead of addressing the editor in the first paragraph, use something that you would actually write in your story, like you're addressing the editor's readers. So maybe something like, if you're one of the, you know, 40% of American adults who have put off preventive screenings, um, don't be doing that because for women in particular, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the way you would hook the reader in the future. Absolutely. Put that there. Okay. Absolutely. Now, when you get down to, I propose to write. That is perfect. Um, did you actually review the publication to look at the link of their articles? Yes, I did. I went on their website. They didn't have a ton of issues that were available because it's a subscription magazine and I think it's based out of Canada, but I was able to look at just a few previous issues and just kind of see their health section. I know that their health section in the specific publication I was pitching it to, that it's not that's not the main part of the magazine. It's just a part of it. But I thought that the publication would be a decent fit because it's for women of all ages. And just by their mission statement, it seemed to fit kind of the criteria. But it's not, for example, for Healthline or for, you know, ARP magazine. It's for a women's magazine. Gotcha. The reason I asked is because that's very savvy of you. This is a, this is a mistake that... Uh, aspiring or novice writers make is not actually um, taking note of the word count of pieces that run in what are called the departments. Mm -hmm. So like for this magazine, health is a department. This is not, you're not proposing a feature story that would be much longer. Right. And I'm mentioning this so that the audience can understand that what I always tell people to do and what I used to do myself, I would visit the publication online, just as you did. I would use my cursor to highlight entire articles, and then I would paste them in Word and look at the word count. And I would do that for like three and figure out the average, because then when you propose to write a 500 to 1000 word piece, the editor can tell immediately you've done your homework. Mm -hmm. They can tell that you know that that is right in the wheelhouse of what that department writes. And that in a certain way it may sound like a no brainer to do that, but a lot of writers don't, they, they just kind of shoot in the dark. They think they say, I'm I'll propose a 650 word piece because that sounds reasonable, but it's like, no, be more specific, do a little more homework than that. Okay. Now um, let's see. And I like your title is good. You're very good with titles. For the audience's edification, Sarah has run some other titles by me in the past. They're very clicky, which is good. Thank you. I think the phrasing of it is a little awkward, or perhaps this is a cultural difference because I know the magazine you were targeting is actually north of the border. Mm -hmm. But COVID having you put off your PAP, I would try to, I think I would be a little more straightforward or a little more elegant there and just say, have you put off your pap because of COVID? Nope. That might be a little just easier to digest. Absolutely. And 
And sometimes just saying things out loud to your, like reading it aloud to yourself, you go, oh, okay, that made me stumble a little. And then, you know, your reader might stumble too. Right. Now, here's where I think we can really sincerely improve this is in the next part of this. I plan to detail why preventive medicine remains more important than ever. That you need to tell the editor right now what that is. Mm -hmm. You cannot just say, I'll detail why. You need to tell them why. You can never withhold information from the editor. So this needs to be more along the lines of, I will detail the three main reasons why it's a bad idea to put off your pap smear. Number one, you know, cervical cancer, blah, blah, number two, this, number three, that. Boom. Like they need to know precisely what you're going to say in the article. Absolutely. And then the next one also, I'll connect the dots and engage the reader with the physical and emotional impacts of this topic. You need to tell the editor what those are. What those would be. Absolutely. And you could even, I would say the first two paragraphs of your query here should be condensed to about four sentences. And then you should launch into this if you can. This next part I propose to write. <clears throat> that needs to actually be a little more detailed, like we were just talking. And you can do bullets, for example. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think what else could go in there. When you're working with 500 to 1,000 words, of course, that's very limited. Mm -hmm. So I would limit that to like three or four points that you're going to cover because, you know, thinking about the five paragraph essay, that's only hundred to 200 words per section. Yep. Um, so I think if you fleshed that part out, it would be helpful. Did you happen to notice if this publication in the departments um, had quotes from experts in, in those pieces? That wasn't something that I remember noticing, but I can definitely go back and take a second look at that. I could maybe try and interview, you know, a gynecologist in the local area and ask them their opinions and kind of what they've seen, you know, already the repercussions from kind of putting off your preventative screenings from the last year and a half. So I think that would add a little bit more meat to it. That would add a lot more meat to it. And I would, what I would say is, don't interview anyone without an assignment. Never do that. That's a huge waste of everyone's time. Right. But what I would put in there is I will interview, I plan to interview two top experts from don't go for the local area, go for the major name, the major research institutions say, I'm going to interview an expert from Brigham and women's gynecology. You don't have to say who it is. Or if that's too scary, because you might not actually be able to do that. Uh, you could say, I will interview two top experts, you know, in gynecology from major research in institutions in Canada, in this case, because that's where you're pitching. Otherwise, the US makes sense. I mean, think about the fact a Canadian publication that they don't, 
they have way too much already in their media about their the damn neighbor to the south. They <laughs> want to promote Canadian institutions, right? So that's you definitely want to focus on that if you're going to write for a publication up there. Right. Those things alone, like walking the editor through exactly what you're going to cover, boom, boom, boom. And I'm going to interview experts. Okay. That is going to really beef up this query and make it much more likely to sell. Okay. Right. Um, It's good to also say you're going to include a head and a deck. And for our audience who doesn't know what a deck is, that's the little like teaser copy that can run below the headline in a lot of publications, especially on the table of contents. Usually, you know, it'll say how to, how to make pickled carrots. And then in italics, it'll say, it's not as difficult as you may think, you know, or something like that. That's what a deck is. Um, It's good to say you'd like it in the print magazine within the health section. Perfect. Again, that way the editor knows you did your homework. You know, they have a health section. You could say department, the health department. department. That's a little bit more the lingo of magazines. Now, when you start in on, I'm a healthcare reporter, I would make a new paragraph. Now what we're talking about is the uh, why me paragraph. And this is where the freelancer makes the case for why they and only they are the most qualified person to write this story. And you did a good job there. The only thing is, I would not say you're a full-time registered nurse. And the reason for that is because, and maybe times have changed, and if there's editors out there from magazines who see this, you can email me and tell me if I'm wrong. It used to be that there was considerable bias against part-time freelance writers. So anybody who came across as anything other than a full-time freelance writer was seen as an amateur, basically. So most of my career, like I, I, in terms of hours, I never freelanced full-time. I did it as my sole income, but I never said I was full-time or part-time. I never used that phrasing. I just said I was a journalist and you could say, um, I'm a journalist and a registered nurse, or you could say, I'm a registered nurse who now writes for a living even if that's not exactly true at the moment, if that's where you aspire to go, I don't think that it's wrong to do that. You know, that's marketing to me. Yeah. So uh, that way they understand they're getting, you know, your clinical knowledge, Um, but they're also getting, you know, all your writing chops. Absolutely. And then I love how you ask for the assignment in the last part, you know, um, I would love to write this important and timely story for you and believe it will give value to your readers. Now, going back, I think that I I meant to mention this and I forgot. I do think you should make the case in that first condensed paragraph I was talking about or the next one about why this matters to this magazine's specific readership. Like I would try and pull some statistics very specific. If this is for... If you can find their media kit and see their audience demographics, if it says their target audience, their main audience is, let's say women 25 to 40, 
see if you can find statistics specific to that instead of saying 40% of American adults. And by the way, again, if you're pitching a Canadian publication, look up the Canadian stats. Right. Um, because editors don't want general pitches. They don't want a pitch that applies to 40% of the general public. They want a pitch that applies to their readers specifically. That's very important to get in at the beginning. It can be very hard to find that level of specificity in statistics, but you know, just do your best. All right, otherwise, like I say, I, I think, I can't express enough that this is a home run for, <laughs> for like a first or fifth or 10th attempt at a query. It takes a while to polish them and really yeah. get the gist of them, you know, cause they're different. Over like the past three or four months that I've been trying to kind of get this off the ground, this was the one that I did like the most. And I did appreciate that when I sent just this unpolished pitch to this magazine, or at least what I thought was polished, obviously, but they, they actually sent me back at least a response. So at least I got a response. That is very positive because they get buried under dozens, if not scores of pitches every day. And I really did like this one because it's something I would have read myself. You know, I, I thought it would be a headline, like I mentioned in my biography. I do like reading them as well. And I agree with you that the ones that are clicky and the ones that have kind of quirky titles, they're the ones that you're more likely to kind of take a look and be like, oh, is that me? Have I kind of put off my own preventative medicine screenings? And oh, shoot, like the consequences are laid out here. What can I do to kind of bring myself up to up to snuff here a little bit, which I can also identify with. So um, I, I, I really did like this query and I'm looking forward to try and beefing it up and pitching it to other women who hopefully can read it and gain some knowledge. Absolutely. And you can use that exact experience for coming up with good headlines. Like as you were speaking, I thought, you know what I think would be a great headline for an online version of this is when was your last path? Like because, that. because like you say, it's one of those things that, you know, you're sitting around and you're not, you, you're not sitting there every day going, oh, you know, I put my pap smear off last year. I better, you know, it's like, until somebody asks you that directly, you're like, oh, wait a minute, shoot, it's been yeah. like two and a half years because of the timing of the pandemic, you know, it's yeah. like, ooh. And you can even branch off of that. And it's not even just the, the pap smears, but it goes into heart disease for women and mammograms and all these things that, you know, we know many people in our own lives who have kind of pushed those down the road. And it's not even their own fault. It's just the way that the world has been. And so I think it would be good information for people to see. Yes, absolutely. And excellent job of taking a general concept and and already seeing how you could slant that in so many different ways for different audiences, different age groups, different conditions. That is the way to do it if you want success as a freelance health journalist. So well done, Sarah. Thank you so much. And thank you for all your, your tips and all of the you know knowledge and that you bring to this query and being able to kind of look at the little sections and tweak them. I appreciate all your help. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank Sarah for bravely sharing this query with all of us so that we could learn and we can uh, expand our reach as nurses into public health by writing more articles. That is 
huge, I think. And of course, I would like to thank the audience, the listeners and the viewers today. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel of the RN to Writer Show. Find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And until next week, keep pitching.